0: Hey you! So excited to see you back here on the Beautifully Built Podcast. (laughs) I am your host and social media BFF, Melissa Impet. Today I have a guest on the show named Kendall and I'm really excited to have Kendall on the show because she also has her own podcast and it was just such a great interview. So Kendall and I met here in San Diego. One of the reasons why I made the move to San Diego was because this area is just Full of people especially in the health and fitness industry that are really just chasing their dreams and Kendall is doing just that she's making such an impact in this world with her social media presence and it's really an honor to be able to have her come on and share her story with us so it was really great to meet you Kendall and hear all about your life and I'm so excited to have you back on the show more often so you guys are gonna love Kendall make sure you follow her on Instagram enjoy this episode
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for um, having me on here, Melissa. Yeah, I'm so
0: excited to have you. Thanks for coming on and joining us.
1: I'm so excited. Um, My energy is already like super good this morning. And for everyone out there listening, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Um, (laughs) My name is Kendall Strample. Um, My Instagram and what a lot of people come up to me in the gym and ask me what my name is, is Fears to Fit.
0: Um, (laughs) Isn't it funny how we like know each other by our Instagram names these days? (laughs)
1: So great! Like I have so many friends who are like, "Oh, have you met like this girl or that girl?" I'm like, "Well, what's her Instagram?" Name? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and now I know who she is. So my name on Instagram is Figures to fit, but um, I am Kendall Strample. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go pretty far back, but I'll start right around really when I got into health and fitness because that is currently the lifestyle that I really pursue and what I do full time. So um, I'm 20 years old. I live in. Oh my San gosh, Peter, you're California, only 20 years old. I'm 20. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that. That's um, incredible.
1: So, um, I'm not even almost 21, not till June. So I have quite a bit of time. Wow. Um, and yeah, so basically to start off how I got to where I'm at today, um, when I was about 14, so growing up as a kid, you know, the cliche story, like I ate rice krispies and ramen and I didn't care about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up from in an English family, so my mom made a lot of like weird dishes that I hated. So I never really focused on my main meals; I just ate candy all day. Um, and you know, I always got that comment from my parents growing up, like, "Oh, it's gonna catch up to you." Like, you just eat like whatever you want, and I was like, "Yep, I don't care." <laughs> um, so when I was like fourteen, um, I started running track in school, and I was just a sprinter, and um, you know, I loved it. It was fun. It was cool. Um, from there, basically I was so good at it, um, that they started having me run middle distances. So Mm. they eventually were like, Oh, why don't you just go out for cross country then? And I was like, okay. So I tried out for cross country and that was when I really started to like really transition into health and fitness. I started to like eat, you know, a little bit cleaner because the coaches would talk about like nutrients and how you needed to, you know, prepare for a race. And so then I also started losing a little bit of body fat, Mm. um, and I kind of fell in love with the results I was getting to the yeah. point for me um, at this time too I had also been really consumed with social media and this was when Instagram wasn't really anything super big um, yeah. it was just starting off so I just started on a personal Instagram account and I started following like other girls who were really into health and fitness and started trying kind of eat like them but you know. Back then, I didn't necessarily follow the best communities. It was a lot of people who were um, prepping for bikini competitions. Yeah, it was that competition
0: phase for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: I was only like 15 now at this point, and started like restricting my my intake until you know eventually I actually gave up cross country because I wanted to actually go into the gym and start controlling how many calories I had burned myself. Mm. Um, so I started wearing like a heart rate monitor watch, and unfortunately for me, I just took it so far that. Um, I fell into an eating disorder and I was never diagnosed with orthorexia nervosa. I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, but later me and my parents pretty much um, just kind of assumed that that's what it was. I was not necessarily afraid to eat food, but I was terrified to eat anything that wasn't clean. Um, and I was had essentially had obsessive compulsive disorder towards. Yeah um exercise. So I would run like anywhere from five to ten miles a day and then Oh my
0: training. gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, literally. And then weight train for like fifteen to twenty minutes. But I wouldn't do too much weight training because I was like terrified to get, you know, bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I would just eat like eight hundred calories a day. And it was just so, so bad. And to the point where, you know, eventually it started affecting my friendships, my family life. Um I got called out by teachers in my school and had to go to like the office all of the time and I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and it sounds like long story short, and it's honestly, a lot of it's kind of repressed for me with my recovery. Um, I didn't really seek professional help. I tried once and it just didn't really work for me. And so that honestly was what sparked me being like, if I'm going to fix this, I have to do it myself. So, um, eventually, you know, with the support of my friends and family, I was like, I just need to do this. Like I legit went to the brink of like almost, you know, ruining my parents' relationship. Like I had no relationship with friends and family. Um, and I was like 16 at this time and I was going to get myself together. Like I'm going to do this damn thing by myself. Yeah, go for you. started to just like wean off of running a little bit and started incorporating a little bit more weight training. And then to the point where my parents actually just completely expunged all forms of exercise. I couldn't exercise at all, um, which killed me. So I was like, well, you know what? If I just keep restricting myself, it's just going to be a bigger setback. Mm -hmm. So I, actually got introduced to bodybuilding by one of my guy friends um back at the time he was like my best friend and he was like obsessed with like competing and like the competition world his dad grew up as like a classic bodybuilder and he was like girl like if you just eat more food and start to weight train like you're gonna put on muscle mass it's gonna help you burn you know like more calories throughout the day you can eat more and I was like okay I'm gonna like give this a shot and I did and it was insane like how much progress I started to see how much energy I had. <laughs> like big friends again. And it was just amazing. And so I started focusing more on like the weight training side of things. Um, and then when I turned 18, I decided to get my personal training certification. I was in school for dietetics. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that later because I dropped out of school. Um, so <laughs> that's, kind of cool. um, but I started, um, personal training and then I kind of just started sharing my story and my recovery on my Instagram all throughout this. And my platform started to grow a little bit more. And eventually I had girls reach out to me for coaching because I would post that I was personal training. Um, and they were like, Oh my gosh, like I would love to be coached by you and stuff. So I decided to turn my, my struggles into my strength and pursue that as a passion to the point where I was actually able to leave school. And I worked at a PT gym for like four months and, um, learned so much from that and at the same time started like my online coaching business and um from doing that I basically like decided I
0: was leaving school I left my job wow Um, it kind of just like fell into your lap then huh
1: and then like my boyfriend at the time lived in Los Angeles and was like you should just move to LA and I was like okay sick let's move to LA so I moved to Los Angeles (laughs) we ended up not really loving Los Angeles so um I was convinced to move down to San Diego and The best place ever. (laughs) place on the planet. I'm trying to convince all of my friends to move to San Diego. So far, I've gotten two of them to do it. Me too. I
0: just moved here in October, and I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Boston. And I'm like, come on, everybody.
1: (laughs) Yes, literally. Like, once you go and you experience San Diego, no matter where you're from, like, you just always automatically – I feel like everyone just automatically wants to live there. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, then I ended up in San Diego, and now I just – full-time online coach I have like the best relationship with my body and food I did compete last year and the year before that in an MPC show I decided this year I'm not really sure if that's for me just because I want to focus way more on my clients mm-hmm. on just living a healthy lifestyle and eating pancakes because yeah
0: have- pancakes are life <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I love waffles close <laughs> enough <laughs> just all the sweet breakfast things yeah. so yeah no I, that's my life like my I guess, like, teen to now where I'm at being 20, that's my life in a nutshell.
0: Wow, what a cool story. I just love, I love that you really took your own pain and you pushed it forward and now you're really inspiring and being the light for so many other people.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it just brings me a lot of happiness. And, Mm. um, you know, there's so much opportunity nowadays with the internet and with social media to make a bigger impact. And so I decided, you know, I wasn't going to be confined to working in a gym 14 hours a day when I could work. 10 hours a day for myself and make a bigger impact for people
0: so yeah so many people say that they're like melissa why don't you train people and i'm like man mm, nah, that's not for me <laughs>
1: yeah i was like sick i was like always training i was couldn't take care of myself i had no time for myself and now like with the platform you know so many more people can be reached and that's the cool thing about it so
0: yeah mm, that's awesome so what was what would you say your fitness style is right now you're still really big into weightlifting, right
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, essentially have always been really like narrow minded with training, even though I trained under some amazing personal trainers, I have always really just loved the, the bodybuilding style of training mm-hmm, me um, too. I have thrown in a little more functional styles of training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten a lot more into the lifestyle side of things. So I used to be like tracking my macros. I would put everything I ate into my fitness pal, um, I, you know, worked with a coach really, really closely for a few years and um, was just really confined to like a macro mindset and yeah. a bodybuilding mindset. And, you know, recently I've made a switch from um, macro tracking into more of an intuitive style of eating.
0: Mm. Um,
1: found that's worked just incredibly for me. I've loved my body ever since.
0: Yay. Um, that makes me so happy.
1: Yeah, just a lot more like, Free, free thought and more openness to like different styles of training and stuff too which has been
0: doesn't it just kind of like take a little bit of pressure off too like constantly tracking it's just it's a lot of work having to like weigh everything and
1: yeah, <sighs> like I, I, I tracked my macros for five years
0: wow <laughs> I could never say committed that long that's impressive
1: if, I mean, obviously at first it was definitely from my disorder. So it was mm-hmm. definitely like a disordered way of just me controlling everything. And then when yeah. I got to the competition, I took like a month off it somewhere in there. And then like when I got into the competition world, it was like, you know, I had an awesome coach. He was amazing, but I did have to track my macros, which was great because it was super lenient. I'm It's not- still structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever was going to compete or ever have, like, a super specific goal, I would 100% dive back into tracking macros. I think it's an amazing form of just flexibility. Yeah. Nutrition, but it's also, like, very time-consuming and energy-consuming, and I just didn't want to put my mental energy into it anymore. Plus, like, this is what I do with my clients, too, Melissa. Like, mm-hmm. I, I start them off with tracking, and it's amazing because tracking is such a great educational foundation. Mm-hmm,
0: to so, learn what you're actually consuming. Yeah
1: put everything into perspective you know understand what what different kinds of nutrients are in different kinds of foods and from there you know you can kind of start weaning yourself off of it and that's what I did I mean I actually cut myself off cold turkey and was like I'm just sick of tracking like I already know what I'm eating throughout the entire day like I know now I probably hit a certain macro range every single day um and I can guess it just because I'm so used to tracking but Mm. um being intuitive is freaking awesome like I've Mm -hmm. just had more opportunity to like get out with friends, you know, not worry so much about like what I'm consuming all the time. And also it allowed for me to focus a lot more on my digestive health.
0: Yes. Uh, So important.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. I mean, for you, Melissa, I'm not sure. Do you track macros or are you?
0: I did. I did track macros. Like I, you know, I did the whole MyFitnessPal thing and I totally agree with you. I think it is a really great way to like learn about what you're actually putting into your body, right? Because so many people just eat for flavor. They don't know what they're actually consuming. So I agree. Um, But I definitely had to cut myself off because I felt like really obsessive. Like I would have this guilty feeling if I took a bite of something and I didn't track it. And so that's why I had to cut myself off. But I'm a big food scale person. I do like, I do like weighing like my protein and stuff like that. And I feel like it's a great way to train your eyes. Yes. So that way when you, out, you are out at a restaurant and they serve you five times the portion you should be eating, you kind of like know what a portion looks like.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I definitely still weigh out like my cream of rice in the morning or also yeah. make like 90 grams worth.
0: Of- oh my gosh. I haven't had cream of rice in so long.
1: I'll get back on that boat. Yeah.
0: Wow. I should switch up my oatmeal and do cream of rice.
1: <laughs> it's so good for my digestion. Um, but yeah, no, that's one thing I kind of want to talk about too. Like digestion-wise, um, you know, for me, when I was tracking macros, it was always like, what can I fit in today? Like what yeah. crappy food
0: and gonna- crappy food?
1: <laughs> what processed food that's gonna just like obliterate my stomach? I and I didn't even that I felt like crap after eating it. It was just like Ah, uh, forget it. Like, Yum, like, it tastes like, good. <laughs> I was doing like Pop-Tarts pre-workout, which, hey, I mean, like I still sometimes do it and that's great. Like I'll eat like my chicken and rice and veggies all day and my cream of rice in the morning and then have a pre-workout Pop-Tart. That's balanced for me. Yeah,
0: there you go.
1: But, like it was getting to the point where it was like, oh, protein pancakes for breakfast and lunch mm-hmm, and dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, Oreos on the side because it fits. Like I just wasn't getting any whole food sources. And I think it's really easy also when you're in a macro mindset to be confined to finishing everything that's on your plate, Yeah, um, which was a huge thing for me too. And that really affected my digestive health because I would always overeat when I would go out to eat if I had like a free meal Um, because I knew like when I was tracking throughout the week, I had to eat everything on my plate because that's what I had tracked for. Mm. So you kind of equivalent that when you're eating out as well. And so for me, it was just overall a way better form of living and just like balance um but yeah I mean now I'm just in such a good like healthy place with my my relationship with food and my body too Mm. about like always being lean or always um you know looking a certain way which has been such a good stress reliever for me too
0: yeah. And it's just like, I feel like it's just so great for people to hear because I know, you know, it might be hard if you're not at that place yet, but it's just so possible. And that's why I just love like having stories like this because, you know, you're showing people that it is possible and you've done it in just a few short years.
1: Yeah. And that's like one thing for anybody like out there listening, like, I don't want you to compare yourself to me. Like I've been doing this for so long, Yeah. <laughs> so long. And, you know, you might be kind of questioning what are the first steps to intuitive eating if they have been macro tracking? Or heck, maybe you haven't been macro tracking, but you just want to be more in tune and more mindful with your body. So um, for anyone out there who hasn't tracked, I do highly recommend like spending a week or two just.
0: Tracking. Yeah, that's the perfect amount of time.
1: Yeah, like a week or two. That's what I've my clients do. I'm like, okay, let's track for a week or two. And let's figure out, you know, where you kind of maintain at by how much food you're eating and kind of average out your calories for the week and from there, just really, like, understanding, and this is where a lot more of, like, the educational foundation comes in, and I know it's really hard, because there's a lot of crap out there nowadays, Um, you know, it's like, oh, eat this, and then someone else, like, don't eat that, so. Yeah,
0: so confusing.
1: Cool, sick, let me just inhale air, because I don't (laughs) know. I give up. (laughs) So hard, yeah, Um, that's why I think for me, personally, like, and I, I'm not just saying this because I am a coach. This is why I invested in a coach when I first started my fitness mm. Is like you need valuable education. Like yep. don't have a coach who's just gonna give you information and not anticipate implement this. Like you need mm. solid foundation of education. And that just comes down to like doing your research with coaching, watching people's stories and making sure they're giving you value on their Instagram or mm-hmm. on their Facebook. that means they're likely gonna give you way more on the back end. Um So that's one thing I would look out for. And then getting the educational knowledge and, like, getting the knowledge from tracking from there, the first step that I would say with taking the intuitive approach is just remember what your goal is and be more goal-oriented every time that you step into the kitchen for a meal and just be very present at every meal that you have. Um, A lot of the times, if you've never taken a tracking approach, it's super easy to weigh, like, not weigh out peanut butter and literally say, oh, this is a serving, and it's like 40 grams of peanut butter, which is... 25 grams of fat you know and that's like half your daily intake or whatever for fat so um I highly recommend just starting off with taking a tracking approach and from there for me with my clients I always wean them off of tracking so I'll do like one untracked day two untracked days three untracked days and then some of my clients just completely cut it out cold turkey um but it's really just a matter of listening to your body and also being goal-oriented so that's kind of why for me I call it more like mindful I say quote-unquote like I'm Air quoting here, like mindful eating rather than, um, because you're not necessarily just being in tune with your body; you're also being just mindful of what you need to eat in order to reach the goal that you
0: have. I love that. I always, I always tell my clients to pay attention to how their body feels because we're so focused on external things these days—our phone, everything going on around us, all of the people around us—and we don't actually pay attention to how our body feels. So, like for me when I eat oatmeal, I feel a lot of energy. It's a carbohydrate that gives me a lot of energy, right? So starting to like think about the foods that you're eating and then how do you feel afterwards?
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's what really like lays it down to being more in tune with your body. And Mm. You know, another thing is too, and I'm sure you experience this Melissa all the time when you get like new clients or just people who DM you on Instagram or you know, message you on Facebook, whatever it might be, is like there's a very and this just comes from diet culture in my opinion, but there's a very like scarcity mindset towards Mm -hmm. health and fitness food. And it just like man, it just makes me so sad that girls think they have to just themselves mm-hmm. um and a lot of people will go from tracking and then start with mindful eating and they use that as a mechanism to just start restriction again because like yeah. I'm not tracking, you need to add extra, you know, and um building lean body mass is super cool. Like building a foundation that's going to help increase your metabolism, um, you know, make you be able to go out and eat with friends and have fun, it's yeah. so much than having this like, scarcity mindset towards your nutrition. Yeah. Um, and that I've just like really discovered has been so impactful for me too with my nutrition and just having like more balance overall because if you can't find something that's sustainable long-term and you're just depriving yourself all the time one you know it could lead to a binge two it could lead to isolation and just not having friends and three it's just not gonna be sustainable you know you're not able to make this a lifestyle so I found for me like switching over to more mindful eating was the thing that kept me sane (laughs) after five Mm. years um but yeah, I mean i'm I'm in a really great place right now, and I feel like it's there's not a perfect diet for everyone. I think everyone's that's joy. the that's the
0: key. That's really the key right there is it's just it's not a cookie cutter thing and it and it's never going to be. But I I love how you were talking about adding lean muscle onto your body, because that's what I'm always preaching to people don't understand that when they have more lean muscle on their body, their body is automatically torching more calories, meaning that you can kind of play around a little bit more like I can go out and have a pretty epic cheat meal and not wake up feeling like I gained 10 pounds, you know, because my my body needs that fuel with the muscle that I've built.
1: Yeah, and this is always something I always explain on calls. When I hop on calls with girls who are like potentially coming onto my team, or even just when I DM people, like the more lean muscle mass, so for every pound of muscle you gain, depending on how big or small you are, where you're at with your composition, you, you can burn an extra 50 to 100 calories just at rest. So, yeah,
0: that's, sitting.
1: Hi, mm. I, that's an extra like English muffin for me. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, cool like like I want to eat more food and the thing is because you're burning more calories throughout the day it takes more time to or take more energy essentially which is just food to be able to continue to increase your muscle mass and also just to even maintain it so Mm. um it's such a hard concept to think about but body recomposition you know losing body fat and putting on lean muscle essentially it's what every girl on the planet just calls, and I'm gonna do air quotes here too, y'all but (laughs) toning um toning. basically just putting on lean body mass and a lean body mass. yeah toning that's the word that everyone explains it as yeah. and um i just say body recomposition you know focusing on gaining lean muscle mass and burning body fat and we're not talking a hulk here you know just a few pounds of muscle it's gonna help you increase your metabolism um live a more balanced lifestyle and um look bomb when. yeah
0: isn't it just so fun having curves like i just i'm so addicted i'm so addicted
1: hello <laughs> the peach pump is real like yeah <laughs> Will. I love having way more. It's so funny. Like when you're in this cutting phase, I always found for me, like when I'm in a cutting phase, I'm so hard on myself about my body image. Mm. And then when I just focus on living a healthy lifestyle, I'm like, dang, like, I look good today. I look good today. <laughs> me like that's me I'm like that's how I feel so
0: yeah it's so nice it's such a nice pressure like just off right because I agree like when I'm trying so hard to lose fat it's like so stressful but then when I'm just like free and living my life and and following my plan it's like that's when I feel and look my best
1: yeah exactly and you know like just having it having a plan of action obviously helps along with it but just allowing for spontaneity is like the biggest thing too. Like that's what's just going to help you make this more of a lifestyle. Mm. So
0: let's go into motivation. Yeah. Do you believe, cause some people believe in motivation. Some people don't believe in motivation. So what's your outlook on motivation and what do you do to kind of fire yourself up?
1: Yeah, of course. So I always get the whole like discipline versus motivation. So mm-hmm. like, um, I say lifestyle versus motivation. So are you in tune with your body? Do you actually even want to work out today? Like if you don't work out, what are the repercussions and how are you going to feel afterwards? If you do work out, how are you going to feel afterwards? So I would say like definitely having a plan to stick to is what helps me stay motivated. Um, For me, I hate not going to the gym. Like I honestly hate my rest days and I hate the way they feel when I don't eat foods that don't work well with my body. So for me personally, Um, it's just become such a lifestyle that it's a part of my everyday routine. So I would say the best thing to do rather than like focus on having motivation to get to the gym is focus on building yourself. What is sustainable? What does your schedule look like? You know, how many days a week can you realistically get in the gym and how long for Mm -hmm. set yourself up for goals that are super realistic and that's, what's going to help you make this more of a lifestyle so that you actually can prioritize it. So think about you know, asking yourself too, like, I don't have time for this? Or am I just not making it a priority? So yeah, <laughs> it's not intrinsic or external motivation. It's like, what do you actually freaking want? And are you willing to put the work in to do it? Mm. And so I think it's more just lifestyle and priority over motivation 100%. So for me, in, terms of, in, in terms of like my, my quote, unquote, motivation, um, I would just say it really comes down to me actually falling in love with the lifestyle that I've built regarding health and fitness and the foods that I eat and taking my free meals, but also focusing on my gut health. Um, it all comes from me asking the one question to myself every single day. If I do this thing or eat this thing or go to the gym or whatever question it is that you're, you're proposing to go do, how is it going to make me feel afterwards? And is, it, is there a return? Like, is there any kind of return? On what I'm actually going to do, and I think that's just one question a lot of people don't really ask themselves before doing it. They never preface what they're doing with what they actually are going to get in return from that. And I mm. think such a massive difference for having you know motivation versus just discipline or even creating a lifestyle for yourself.
0: So I love it. You're like, it's like pretty much making a pros and cons list like when you're making decisions.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I feel like just so many people don't they just don't do it, whether it be with like your business, your fitness, like your relationship, your freaking post on Instagram. seriously. Like, everyday tasks, like the glass of milk that you're about to drink. Like,
0: how are you know you- what? The whole time when you were just saying that, the whole time I was thinking about is like this lifestyle has become such a lifestyle for me. Like I go to the gym, like without even thinking about it. But then when my friends invite me out to the bar, I'm like, Mmm, hmm, (laughs) right? It's because it's become such a lifestyle. I know that if I go out to the bar, I'm going to socially drink, and then the next day I am going to feel like shit. And that's like I always weigh out the pros and cons there. I like to have fun and socialize, but at the same time, I love how my body feels when I'm when I'm following my plan. And I know that I'm a good social drinker. So it's it's weighing the pros and cons
1: that's amazing that you can make that a priority to Melissa because I think a lot of people just don't think of different things in, t- in terms of prioritization so you know um like like you said with going out to drink and everything like you, you've made this part of a lifestyle too but I mean there are always like pros and cons to every situation it's just a matter of how you not even want to say like consequences but just like the outcome
0: um, mm, you- the outcome yeah. yeah so true oh my gosh I love it I love it this has been so much fun chatting with you so many nuggets. <laughs>
1: I know, I you know. I hope that I, I could give some insight to some people who, you know, just are looking to get into health and fitness and pursue their journey. But yeah, no, thank you for having me.
0: Totally. Of course. Anytime. So where can everyone find you hanging out? Where can they connect with you?
1: Yes. Okay. So I am on like legitimately way too many platforms for life. I'm um, <laughs> so on YouTube. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. Um, and you guys can find me all on those platforms at Fears to Fit, um, um And then I also have my own podcast show. It is the Strive for Strength podcast. So I love um, it. And if you find me, tell me that I was on this podcast and you guys were listening to it and that you heard me from Melissa
0: because she's the bomb. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited and hopefully we can work out together soon since we're both in San Diego. Yeah. Cool. So before we wrap up, what is one last piece of advice that you can leave everybody with?
1: Oh, man. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) So, one last piece of advice that I could give is um, just pursue your purpose with everything that you do. Um, Like we talked about with weighing out priority, um, everything that you do should have some kind of intention, whether it be your morning routine, you get up and you set your intentions for the day. Um, you know, everything that you do, try and make an impact and don't just think about what it is that you're doing for yourself, but what it's also going to do to impact other people around you, the outcome, like you talked about the priority. So just really pursuing everything that you do with some form of intention and some form of purpose. And the return that you're going to get is going to be tenfold. So
0: yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Thanks for sharing your heart with us. What a powerful interview. I know I took so much away from it, so I'm sure you did too. I definitely would love you guys to come join us in the DTFMB dedicated to feeling my best members-only online Facebook community. I'm gonna be having so many guests on, just like Kendall, doing workouts, and we're gonna do some live podcasting so that way you can actually see us while we're having these deep, amazing conversations. So if you have not joined yet, go to www.beautifullybuilt.life, and at the top, you can hit the membership option, and that's gonna be all of the registration to come into our community on Facebook. I love bringing together people in these communities because it's the best way to hold yourself accountable by posting pictures of your meals, your workouts, your journaling, all of these things that we're really inspiring you to do. We want a platform for you guys to be able to come and brag a little bit, you know, hold yourself accountable, tell us that you're all putting in the work and show up for yourself. So these Facebook communities are so powerful and such an easy way for me to be able to keep teaching you, keep providing you with value and have it in a really organized place. So if you have a busy life and you need to come back on your own time, there's all kinds of units for you to be able to go through at your own pace kind of like a self-taught course. So check it out. Head to www.beautifullybuilt.life. Click on the membership option and come join us on the Facebook group. Talk to you guys in the next episode.